Broadcasting from high above the reserve, this is Radio Harambe. Jambo, everyone, and thank you, as always, for tuning in to Radio Harambe, the companion podcast for our website, jamboeveryone.com. I am Dave McBride, broadcasting, as always, from the Radio Harambe studios, and if you are familiar with that music you're hearing in the background, you will know that um, it is a Pandora-specific show today, (laughs) for sure, and an avatar Filled episode of Radio Harambe. Uh, before we get on with the show, and I am going to turn this show over in its entirety to Safari Mike, I wanted to explain to you a little bit of what we're going to do here today and why we're doing what we're doing. So, as the, some of you may know, uh, most of you who follow the uh, various Disney news websites and such will be well aware of the fact that Pandora the avatar land at disney's animal kingdom opened just a few days ago to media and bloggers and folks like that and i assume it's going to be opening to cast members as well uh and it is only a couple of weeks away from opening to the general public but because of the media preview um you know all of the pictures and reviews and everything you'd ever want to know about pandora is now out in the ether for all to see and read. So basically, what co- what it comes down to is this. I am going to be going to Disney's Animal Kingdom by chance a few days after Pandora opens to the public. And I want to see Pandora. And I am looking forward to it. In fact, I am looking so forward to it because it is such a major addition to this park that we love and this park that I am really such a big fan of um, and that Mike is obviously a big fan of as well. I, uh, you know, because it's such a big addition to it, I don't want it spoiled. I don't want to know what's there. I, I kind of, I have an idea. We know from little previews what Joe Rody showed us in, in the past. You know, I have a basic idea of the aesthetic and of what the sh- what the rides are going to be. But that's really all I want to know. And the problem now is that out in the public for all to read on all the Disney websites. Um, you can you could basically experience the entire thing. You can read every little detail. You can read all of the menus and know what's in the stores and know what the queues are like and what the uh, you know the walkarounds are like and what the details are and all this kind of stuff. And I just don't want to know that. Um, but Safari Mike insists 
that we as a podcast must talk about this. And according to him, uh, and I agree because I've gotten a few of these as well, we have had a lot of requests from those of you who are, you know, our loyal fans and, and fans of the animal kingdom especially. Um, you guys have requested that we do cover this, uh, certainly cover all of the media stuff and everything that we now know about Pandora. And honestly, I can't argue against that. But I want to do two things. First, if anybody else is out there like me and doesn't want this spoiled for you, wants to experience it for the first time, then you have my permission to shut this show off now and wait for the next show to come on <laughs> because uh, I'm with you. You know, I, I, I feel you. I, I, I don't want that to happen. I, I want to be surprised by it. You know, I'm not a big fan of the movie, which we've talked about a lot. Um, I don't know much of the in and outs of the film, so I really don't know what to expect here. I don't know what to think of it. Um, and my plan is I'm going to view the film um, before, right before we go. I'm going to, you know, put the DVD in, which I do have, and I'm going to... Um, you know, I'm going to watch it one more time, so I familiarize myself a little bit with it. I've only seen it maybe once before in, in its entirety, uh, but I'm going to watch it again, familiar my, familiarize myself with it, and then go experience what Joe and the Imagineers and James Cameron and all these people had in mind for us. Uh, and I just feel like, you know, you can't get around um, people's opinions on stuff. So I've really shut myself off these last couple of weeks from... Um, you know, all the coverage. And so if you're like me, this is a spoiler alert. Don't listen any further, you know? Um, and if you're also like me, you'll understand that what I am going to do right now is I am going to stop my recording of this show. And I'm basically going to hand the whole show over to Safari Mike. And he's just going to kind of monologue a little bit about what we know, um, you know, what some of the opinions are and what some of the, uh, you know, some of the new pictures and some of the news is surrounding Pandora. And he's going to give you all the information for those of you who want this to happen. Um, I am really, really, and I know what a lot of people want is for Mike and I to throw opinions back and forth. And I get that. And we are two opinionated folks to be sure. Uh, and, and, and I promise you, you, the loyal listeners and the fans of animal kingdom, I promise you, you will get that. But I honestly feel that I do not want to go into this particular and, and this one alone, this land alone, this project alone. I don't want to go into this um, and discuss it in depth and put my opinion out there about it without experiencing it firsthand. And I've said that a lot. Um, you know, I, I, I've gone over and over again about how 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 can I. How can I not like something if I haven't seen it yet? Um, I, I don't like the idea of Avatar. We've discussed that before. Just like I didn't like the idea of Frozen in 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 uh, Norway and all these other things we like. But I give. I'm going to put that all away and I'm going to give it its due. And I don't want to discuss it and I don't want to put my opinions out into the Disney world uh, on this particular subject without experiencing it firsthand. Mike's got a lot longer wait. He's not going down there until August. So it's hard. It's going to be impossible for him to get away from it and conduct this show. Um, but I feel like I'm close enough where I can still host this show, we can still talk about the animal kingdom and um, and be able to avoid this for just a couple of weeks so that I get a chance to do it. My plan is I'm gonna bring down some um, 
some remote equipment. I'm going to do maybe a little walk around, discuss it in real time, maybe, um, you know, do a recording of my first impressions as I walk into the place for the first time, maybe just do a walk around and not the shows. I I, I don't know yet how I'm going to do it, but we are going to extensively cover this. And I certainly am as soon as I get the opportunity to be there myself and, and, and be able to give you an honest first person account of what it is. But like I said, we feel you guys need to know all the information. Uh, Mike certainly feels that way. And you know, he was sending me all these stories. I first agreed to do it. And I said, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. And he was sending me all these stories. He was sending me all this information. And I literally would get two sentences into a story or one picture into a photo gallery. And I'd say, no, I, I don't want to see this. This is just too much. I couldn't, I couldn't get around it. I tried to make myself just spoil everything, but I didn't want to do it. It's just, it, I'll give you, I'll say this, my initial impressions from looking at these things and I've said this before, this looks great. And because of that, and because my, you know, the little I have had exposed to, to the news stuff seems very positive. I just, I don't want to spoil anything. I don't want that positivity to, to, you know, just pollute what I'm thinking and go in thinking this is going to be great and then be disappointed or at the same time, you know, just agree because that's what everybody does. Um, you know, I want it to be completely clear and, and I think that's the best way to do it. So without further ado, I would like to turn the show over to Safari Mike. So we're going to take a very short break. And when we come back, Mike is going to talk to you about Pandora. Jumbo, everyone, and we are going to go through now Pandora and sort of give you a primer of the the new Avatar Land. I'll, we'll call it the Pandora Primer. And basically, what I want to do is I want to go through everything we actually know now. Um, Pandora, of course, the Land of Avatar is going to be opening up in on May twenty seventh, the weekend of Memorial Day, and we have started to get glimpses of it. Uh, there was a media preview and some cast member previews and, and other people will be able to get to go in there. So now we want to run over, run through what we know so far about the land. So let's start by talking about the land um, overall. There is, uh, of course, the area you are in is the Valley of Moara. And this is true for all of um, Disney's Animal Kingdom's lands. There are you know fictitious Smaller areas, Harambe, the East African port, and Andapur, a small Asian nation. And now we have the Valley of Moara. And you will, as you enter the bridge over into the land itself, you will uh, come across a map which shows you the the land that you are heading to. Now, the timeline um, for the land itself is set a generation after the five planned Avatar movies. And we all suspect that there won't be any there won't be five planned avatar movies but that's okay and this is after the conflict between the navi and the humans are over now the land's backstory is a fictional company alpha centauri expeditions and i know we've talked about this before but i'm going to cover everything that we know to date and much of the backstory is outlined if you go on to www.visitpandora.com you can um, get some of the lowdown as to what alpha centauri expeditions is now, of course, we all know that there are two rides, the Navi River Journey and the Flight of Passage. And what we also know is both of these rides are now in a tier system. And that is for Fast Pass Plus. And you can only Fast Pass Plus one of these rides at any point in time. 
guests will be forced to choose between the two, much like they do at Epcot and um, Hollywood Studios. And I'll talk a little bit more about that at the end. Now, the components of the land itself will interact with uh, each other as well as my Magic Plus. And um, for example, there is a drum circle in the land itself, and there will be shows um, for people to see as um, cast members will be playing drums and, and whatnot. But even when the shows are not occurring, guests can go up to the drums and play them. And apparently the bioluminescence at night anyway will interact with the drums itself. Some of the other things about the land uh, is you will also hear animals all around you. And, and there's a lot of walking paths here. Apparently you will hear viper wolves and Pandoran primates, whatever those are. But these animal sounds will change as day turns into night. And as the sun goes down, of course, we all know that Pandora will turn into a bioluminescent garden with flowers and plants and all sorts of things lighting up. Even the floor that you are sitting on uh, or standing on, excuse me, will light up. Now, all of these lighting fixtures, according to John Landau, uh, all go back to one programming board. and They're all uh, operate through that. It's not just one static state either. It involves, as I said, through the night. So this becomes a very different place um, at night than it does during the day. And we, we've seen this, um, or we've talked about this in the past. Now, um, we talked about the floating mountains. And frankly, um, as we have said before, I don't think they look like they're floating. And the land itself here kind of reminds me of the oasis with a lot of fake plastic looking plants. There are some animals in the area. Uh, some of them are in the waters that you'll see. And there's a lot of different water features, including the waterfalls coming from the mountains, which are frankly spectacular. And one of the uh, best things about this, the land itself, I think, is that there are a ton of walking trails that essentially lead to nowhere. You just go around in circles, and it reminds me a lot at least from the map, which is now available on the My Disney Experience. You can look at the map itself. And it reminds me a lot of the Tree of Garden uh, uh, walkways that go all the way around the Tree of Life. So let's move on to um, the Flight of the Banshee. And this, of course, is the e-ticket attraction and the Soarin' um, type ride. We know a lot about it, although we have not seen any uh, ride videos as of yet. The premise is, of course, that you'll be riding on the back of a banshee. And frankly, the the um, ride vehicles themselves don't look like banshees at all. And I, I thought from the beginning that we were supposed to be getting what looked like banshees, but instead it looks like a stationary bike. Be warned that you are there are restraints to this. You sit as if you were riding a bike within you, your chest that leans forward up against the ride vehicle itself. And then there are restraints that go behind your legs as well as your back. I'm not sure exactly how comfortable it is, but perhaps more importantly, uh, larger guests may be uh, unable to ride this attraction. Um, there will be, although there aren't yet, test ride vehicles available to see if you would um, fit into the um, ride vehicle itself. And um, if you don't, then I'm afraid you will not be able to ride the attraction. At least that's what we are hearing right now. I know um, some people who have gone through previews who have actually been turned away from the ride uh, due to the fact that they were too large to um, 
fit into the stationary bike. Um, we have seen this before in the past. I know over at Universal Studios, this goes on at the one of the Harry Potter attractions, and I, it's uh, you know there's been test vehicles for both uh, Snow White's Seven Dwarves Mine Train as well as um, some other attractions here. But anyway. The idea is that guests will discover what it feels like to soar into the sky riding a banshee. And um, you will become an avatar, essentially. Um, the video, there will be a video, obviously, just like in Soarin', and you will be, it'll be in 3D where you are, will be wearing riding goggles. Um, the flying sequences come through large video screens, and it's very similar to Soarin', as I, as I said, or perhaps if you're more familiar with the Simpsons ride over at Universal Studios. The vehicles will move with the 3D action inside one of four large theaters. Now, as I said, the attraction has four different theaters with three rows of seating in each theater. Two of the theaters are uh, believed to be ADA compliant, and the building has multiple levels, and guests will be entering on level three. Uh, each row will load on a separate level. Uh, the seats in the attraction are similar to those if you have seen um, videos of the Tron light cycle ride over at Shanghai Disneyland. And guests will be straddling their link chairs. Now these link chairs, as they are called, are what are linking you to your avatar out in Pandora. And um, although they don't look like Banshees, it'll feel like you're actually riding a Banshee. It'll move to the ride and it'll actually feel like the Banshee is breathing um, underneath you. The ride is apparently four minutes long, which is half the length of Soren, but it is more thrilling than, um, than Soren itself. Uh, the queue is absolutely huge. I have seen a walkthrough of it and uh, it's beautiful. I'll give you that. And there's some interesting features to it. But I think Disney is prepared for huge weights here. And based upon the way that it, individual people have to load into individual ride vehicles, essentially, uh, this could create very long delays. The queue itself is a first you begin in meandering passageways you know, through a cave-like structure. You'll see various cave paintings of things like uh, banshees or as uh, the Navi call them, Ikran. And there are totems and, like I said, paintings. You even walk through a small bioluminescent forest area. Then you uh, enter a once abandoned RDA facility with laboratory that is partially restored. And here you will see scientific experiments, experience, uh, excuse me, experiments in progress. And they reference uh, habitat rest restoration, the ecosystem water purification, um, the mountain banshee uh, project, conservation project. Perhaps the most impressive thing about this queue is that um, you will see a Navi or an avatar in um, water floating around, much like you, for the people who have seen the movie, uh, much like that. It is an impressive uh, audio animatronic, I will give you that. Then you get to the room where you are actually matched with your avatar, and you're scanned and your genetic material is sampled to uh, make sure that you are uh, right for the ride itself. Um, you know, there's a long video here with uh, Dr. Jackie Ogden and uh, some others. It's very similar. I, I love it looks like a cross between the test track queue as well, or pre-show, I should say, as well as the dinosaur pre-show. And um, guests during the ride will soar around floating mountains, plunge through ancient caverns and skim across roaring oceans. And at the very end, you'll encounter the fiercest king of the air of Pandora, the great... 
I don't know how to pronounce this, Leon Pterix, that boasts a 45-foot wingspan. Um, you'll also have features like mists and scents that go through uh, throughout, the, throughout the traction. The last thing that you need to know about the Flight of the Banshee is the height requirement, and that's a 44-inch height requirement. And it's unclear right now if that's really a... Uh, a testament to the thrill factor of the ride, but I think it's probably more have to do with the actual restraints themselves. Next, we move to the uh, river journey. And this, of course, is a boat attraction that is essentially a sea ticket. And um, for a short period of time, there was a, a complete ride through of the boat ride, which I looked at, although it has since been pulled uh, by the website in question. And um, I will not give away um, the entire ride itself, but I will tell you a couple of brief things. One is that it is about five minutes in length, so not very long. The ride vehicles themselves at most fit eight people. It's probably more like two or three, depending on the parties that are added, uh, that are uh, going on. There is no height requirement. The queue itself is very unimpressive, and it is essentially a lot of bioluminescent lights. Uh, a lot of video screens, and one extremely impressive audio animatronic. And, of course, that's the Shaman of Song, which uh, Disney has been toting on their website for quite some time. And granted, it is impressive, and hopefully it doesn't uh, break down <laughs> like some other audio animatronics. Again, I have saw this um, on a computer laptop, not in person. So, uh, you know, I have to take that with a grain of salt. But I found it rather uninspiring uh, yes it was pretty and yes the audio animatronic was pretty cool but uh, there really wasn't too much here i'm going to read you what joe Rody says about some of the things here the pandoran landscape will be alive with creatures we're bringing to life everything from the largest creature you might encounter to the most microscopic animals will peer out of the underbrush big pandoran animals will appear at the edge of the forest and you hear the very complicated calls as they issue back and forth there is a lot of song as, you, as you're drifting through the water, and there are a lot of uh, video screens showing uh, various Pandoran wildlife. Now, I have um, heard people say that this attraction itself, because it's dark and you are basically going past some animals that you know may be somewhat scary looking for young children, um, if, you, if your child is younger than five, be prepared that it may cause some um, fright. Let's move on to perhaps one of the worst things about um, the land of Pandora, and that is the merchandise, which um, you can see a lot of samples of it online if you're interested in looking at that. And by now, or pretty soon, you'll be able to purchase them on the Disney Parks Shop app. But needless to say, it is quite unimpressive, at least to me. Let's go through some of the things that they have actually uh, shown so far. There's a pin collection uh, that was actually released on April 6th. Um, there is a Navi translator device that will be available for guests to purchase. And this will allow you um, to buy um, different cards that help you translate um, Navi into English. Now, um, apparently, uh, most if not all of the cast members have been trained to speak Navi, or at least certain phrases, and um, there are uh, in the the translator itself. There are up to ninety Navi words themselves, 
The device actually also lights up at night, like a lot of the merchandise um, that does actually light up at night. Um, there are comes with 15 translation cards as well as numerous expansion packs. Um, things like nouns, adjectives, animals, landscapes, phrases are different packs themselves. Some of the other things that you, I've seen, there are uh, numerous different types of mugs which are quite unattractive. Um, there is a poster that they use of the bioluminescent forest that is on just about anything they could put it on posters t-shirts mugs that again i'm not all that big a fan of there is an area in the store which is called wind traders which is off uh, towards the back of the land itself and uh it's a large store and it has a few things that are unique um well a lot of things that are unique but two of them i want to touch on right now and that is um, you can purchase a Navi that looks like you. You take a picture and then they will you know, come up with a little uh, Navi action figure that has your features. The other thing that's there and that's been getting a lot of press and will probably um, is perhaps the most interesting thing at Wind Traders, and that's the Banshee Connect experience. Guests will visit the rookery and it, all these different Banshee pop puppets, a naturalist from the Alpha Centauri Expeditions, a cast member will assist the guest in identifying a favorite banshee from the 10 unique styles. Each interactive banshee includes three ranges of motion, mouth, head, wings that are controlled by hand with a remote control. Guests will also hear them make authentic banshee sounds provided by uh, Disney uh, partnering with Lightstorm Entertainment. Of course, that's James Cameron's uh, production company. Guests will determine each Banshee's personality through a combination of hand movements and sounds. Uh, they're small and they fit on your shoulder, kind of. It's not like a, you know, a 14-foot Banshee that you see in the ride. But um, it's a somewhat interesting kind of thing. There are a ton of different weird plush, um, different creatures that are from uh, Pandora that you can buy in kitty-like plushes. There's also, by the way, an area that's towards the front, and this is near um, the walkway that leads out towards the Nomad Lounge, and there's a big um, kind of plant that covers the, uh, or comes across the front path, and it's actually interactive with uh, water and mist. And near there is a uh, face painting area called the Colors of Moara. There are numerous other things that you can purchase, like uh, ears um, and was perhaps the weirdest is you could buy a, a tail of of a Navi so that you can wear one of the tails. And um, frankly, if you've seen the movie, uh, you will understand why that is a strange selection for merchandise. Now, while merchandise might be a um, one of the least uh, impressive things about this land, I want to move to food, which is perhaps one of the most impressive. And that is... We go over to Satuli Canteen. Satuli Canteen is the quick service restaurant. There is no sit-down full-service restaurant that features, according to Disney, quote, healthful bounty of Pandora. Basically, the dishes feature a lot of uh, grains, rice, fresh vegetables, proteins, things of that sort. The grill for the restaurant is actually on stage, which is kind of cool, and the guests sitting in the dining room area can actually watch them grilling the various meats that are a part of the bowls that I'll get to in a second. The restaurant also makes use of the mobile ordering system, and they're the first to do it, although other restaurants, as we've talked about in previous um, podcasts, uh, will be joining in. 
And basically what that does is it allows you, as you're walking around Pandora or anywhere on the park, really, to order uh, ahead of time for um, the Setuli Canteen and even pay for your meals uh, before you get there using the My Disney Experience app. And when your meal is ready and you tell them that you're actually in the restaurant, the app will notify the guests who can then go pick it up at a certain window uh, and then go and bring it to you where you're sitting. Now, the idea behind the Setuli Canteen is it once was the main mess hall of the RDA base in the Valley of Moara. The canteen is now owned and operated by the Alpha Centauri Expeditions Tour Company and has been redesigned into sort of a museum-like room that's open for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. The interior, the interior of the uh, facility has been transformed with colorful Navi items filling the walls and hanging from the ceiling. Things like hand-woven tapestries, natural uh, Pandoran elements, and cooking tools decorate the interior. And they're actually set up in a museum-like kind of atmosphere, very similar to what you see um, at Sanaa and uh, throughout the Kadani Village lobby. In fact, the inside of Setuli Canteen reminded me a great deal of the Kadani lobby. Um, the uh, Setuli Canteen actually offers 330 seats inside. It's very open, very high ceilings. But there's also an additional 190 seats outside, and it is what Disney terms as fast casual. Uh, Disney has updated their website so that you can go look at the uh, menu now for the Sayatuli Canteen, even though it is not officially opening until May 27th. Now let's talk a little bit about what the food they have there because it is interesting and I recommend that you you know give it a shot anyway. And I've heard actually good things about it from people who have tried it. Now granted, um, so far the only people that have really gone in there are cast members as well as um, you know Disney bloggers who uh, don't really criticize Disney in any way. But having said that, it does look pretty good. Now the top of the entre entrees are the Satuli Canteen Bowls. And these are customizable bowls that you feature either grilled chicken, grilled beef, grilled sustainable fish, or crispy fried, fried tofu, which of course were grilled and cooked at the um, open-air kitchen that you can see at the station. So diners can start with a base of quinoa and vegetable salad, a red beet, uh, or excuse me, a red and sweet potato hash, or a mixed whole grain and rice, or a romaine and kale salad. So those four different things are what you would pick the base. Then you pick which one of those four uh, proteins you want, and then to top it all off, you pick your sauce, which can be either a charred onion chimichurri, a black bean vinaigrette, or a creamy herb dressing. All of it sounds pretty darn good. There are a couple of beopods. Um, these are sort of, well, not sort of, but they are a, a Chinese dish, sort of a, a street food. And it's basically this little dumpling kind of thing with it. They fill it with meat or whatnot. But here there are two kinds. There's the cheeseburger steam pod. And I have heard from a couple of different people that it tastes much like a McDonald's cheeseburger. So I'm going to stay away from that. There's also a vegetable steam curry pod, which might be pretty interesting. The sides also sort of go along with this whole um, Pandoran whole grain vegetable kind of thing. And you can get uh, salads, a sweet potato hash, vegetable chips. There's also for dessert, a Navi cheesecake and a chocolate cake. And they also actually are doing breakfast, which includes a sort of a scrambled egg pod, some oatmeal, a French toast dish with a bright blue blueberry cream cheese that goes on top. 
the dessert, the Navi cheesecake itself, is bright blue as well. There are um, some interesting drinks here, non-alcoholic. Uh, there's a Sunrise, which is a non-alcoholic mix of tropical juices and a Powerade melon. You can get it in a Satuli Canteen flute flask, which is a, uh, uh, a cup that actually has a flute on the side of it. There's the uh, some wines that are specifically designed for or specifically made for uh, this restaurant, essentially. There's also two unique beers. There's the Hawks Grog Ale, which is an ale with a what is called a fruity hop character and has apricot and peach as well as a hint of wheat. And then there's a Mawawa High Country Ale, which is an amber ale that has uh, hints of caramel, toffee, and nuts. And there's also a lot of the dishes have these neon boba balls, which are basically kind of gummy balls. Some of these drinks can also be purchased with sort of a tiki kind of inspired mug with um, an avatar, quote, juju, end quote, light up cube. So more of these uh, glow in the dark cubes can be found in these drinks. Next door to the Situli Canteen is basically a, a kiosk for um, frozen drinks. There are two um, at the Pangu Pangu, it's called, and it's supposed to be um, the remnants of the um, RDA and it looks like uh, you know part of the old um, army area has been converted into this uh, kiosk for serving drinks um, one's a non-alcoholic another one's a frozen margarita both of the beers that I mentioned before are also on tap here but it's just two frozen drinks two beers as well as a lumpia which is this uh, sort of dumpling dessert uh, with pineapple um, it's an unimpressive um, booth, no real um, mixed drinks of, of anything of the sort. So that's pretty much all we know right now about um, Pandora, the world of Avatar. But let's talk a little bit about how you should tackle going here. Because as I said at the very beginning of this, there's only um, one fast pass that you can get for these two rides. And I expect at least for the short term, like for through the summer, for example, the lines for these will be packed. It's already been difficult to get fast passes for these. So I would suggest, since both of the um, Pandora rides are Tier 1, try to grab uh, Flight of the Panchi. Uh, I suspect that that might be the tougher ticket. So if you can grab that, um, go ahead and do it. Grab Safari and Everest fast passes. That leaves you with um, Rivers of Light as being the only other thing that you really need a fast pass for. Um, but the benefit to the two Rivers of Light is you can actually do the dinner package. So uh, I would go ahead and, and do that if you only had a day here to spend at uh, Animal Kingdom. This way you rope drop the other uh, attraction in Pandora. And then, um, you know, if you have the dinner package, plan your day accordingly. I would also make sure, even though you're going to be in the Pandora section early in the morning, to go back later on at night, perhaps after um, your Rivers of Light is over. It should be noted also that at least through the summer, every night at the Animal Kingdom is going to be extra magic hours at night. So uh, take advantage of it. Make sure you spend some time in Pandora at night. I have... Um, seen what it looks like during the day and I have seen pictures of what it looks like at night it does look very different um, in I think it looks uh, better at night now 
before I wrap this up, um, I do want to sort of give you my first impression as to what I've seen um, from Pandora of the World of Avatar. But And again, this is only by video. It's only by looking at my laptop. It's only by looking at pictures and clips from um, you know, Twitter and Instagram. But I have come to some opinions, at least. But I wanted to tell you that I haven't actually seen the place in person, so these may be subject to change. For example, when I saw the early previews of Rivers of Light, I was much less impressed than when I actually saw it in person. Granted, uh, they edited the show from the one I saw online, uh, but still, I think it was a big difference to seeing it in person, and this may be as well. And I'm holding out hope because I was not 100% impressed with what I saw um, on social media. First, the positives. Uh, the food looks very interesting, and I want to try it uh, very much so. The queue for Flight of the Banshee is quite interesting. It's very old-school Epcot. Like I said, it reminds me of kind of a combination of Test Track and Dinosaur. I love the fact that you're able to walk around the different areas and sort of these trails that essentially go nowhere. And again, I, I uh, suggest that you go look at the uh, map on the My Disney Experience app, and you'll see like these these walking trails that go behind the, the uh, quote unquote floating mountains um, and whatnot. The drum circle, I think, is a very interesting addition. And forgetting even so much that there'll be entertainment here, um, but there is uh, this ability for you to go on and um, you know play it yourself, and it interacts with the land at least at night. And finally, the, the fact that there, there are a lot of different sounds um, throughout the walking trails of animals that you don't know um, and, and things of that sort is kind of a cool idea. What about the negatives? And there are a few. First of all, I was very much looking forward to the boat ride and um, seeing uh, the complete ride through. Like I said at the earlier on in this podcast, I was less than impressed, which is unfortunate, I think, for me. The landscape itself, at least during the day, um, looks somewhat plasticky. Uh, it looks like uh, the oasis, but with a lot of fake plants. The colors don't seem quite right. Again, I could be more impressed when I see it in person. Um, but this is why I think the land is significantly more impressive during uh, or at night. All, and um, and that is because the, the bioluminescent thing kind of hides the fact that a lot of these plants are really sort of fake looking. The floating mountains, uh, I'm sorry, I, I know a lot, of, a lot of people talk about how impressed they are with the floating mountains. They just don't look like they're floating. We were promised that it was going to bring the illusion that these mountains are floating. And frankly, from what I've seen, that's a hard fail. As I mentioned earlier, the merchandise is less than impressive. Now, they're trying, I guess. I mean, they're, each of the rides have their own types of T-shirts and mugs and stuff. But just the quality, I'm not all that impressed with. Um, the light-up stuff is kind of tacky looking. Uh, the tails and the, the blue shirts, they're supposed to look like the body of the Navi. It's just not that impressive. Uh, the only kind of interesting merchandise that I saw was the uh, pet banshee that you can get. I also noticed that there is no bar um, here. Pangu Pangu is hardly a bar. 
it has two frozen drinks that they, they pour out of um, you know basically you, that they, they don't have to mix right there and there's two beers on tap um, it's there's nothing even like uh, the thirsty river over in um, Anandapur which you know has different mixed drinks and, and, and the like there's nothing like that um, at Avatar Land which I thought was a, a poor choice finally um, and the, the last negative thing here um, that I want to talk about now is the accessibility of the rides themselves as I mentioned with um, Flight of the Banshee if you are a larger person uh, you may not be able to ride Flight of the Banshee which I think is unfortunate and also it's my understanding that the river journey is for transfers only so if you're wheelchair bound and you cannot transfer um, then you may not be able to enjoy uh, the river journey either so um, I have said all along that um, I think that if Avatar is not a home run that uh, Disney's gonna have a problem with this because Avatar is not a Disney property um, there was a lot of backlash that Disney was adding this to Animal Kingdom um, if it wasn't an absolute home run uh, people were gonna knock it and from what I've seen it is not a home run uh, there's some there, there's definitely some good parts about it I don't know how nice the flight of the Banshee ride is for example um, and I gone over some of the things I liked about it but there are definitely things I disliked about it and I was like I said disappointed about the boat ride um, and disappointed with the merchandise those are probably the two biggest things uh, but the fact that I don't think it is a home run um, troubles me now so far we've only seen people who are not going to knock it go into uh, Avatar land we're starting only now to get people who are going who've signed up for previews going and uh, you know we'll get a better sense of what they think um, but as of what I saw um, you know I'm not all that impressed and people who um, have been listening to you know Radio Harambe from the beginning know that I was um, negative about Disney trying to add this to Disney's Animal Kingdom and over the years as we've gotten some um, glimpses as to what they're doing I started to have hope um, that this was going to be a lot better than I initially thought um, but I will tell you after seeing all of the uh, movie clips all of the you know the ride through from the boat ride all of the the stuff in uh, Flight of the Banshee as to seeing the floating mountains and the waterfalls and the and the landscape um, the thought I come away with in the end is why on earth are we doing this um, this movie is means nothing to anybody really and I think in the end um, this will go down as a mistake I hope I'm wrong and I hope I'm more impressed when I actually see it in person but um, my hopes have sort of been diminished after seeing uh, what I've seen so far. Thanks. Well, there you go, folks. There's Safari Mike with your primer for the new Pandora, the world of Avatar, opening up at Disney's Animal Kingdom at the end of this month. Um, 
if you got all the information um hope I, at least i hope you got all the information that you wanted there to get you started and get you ready for pandora if not then Mike's Twitter is at Jombo Everyone, and feel free to lodge your complaints there. Uh, you can also reach me. I'm at Radio Harambe. If you have any questions or comments about the show and you want me to uh, either read them on the air or just to be able to start a conversation, uh, you're better off finding me via that old-fashioned email thing, um, JomboEveryone at gmail.com. That's the best way to kind of get some of the longer messages and things like that to us. We have some emails from folks out there. We get some great suggestions. We get some great comments and uh, really, really nice stuff. And I thank everybody for that. Um, don't forget to go to our web- website, jomboeveryone.com. You can go to our Instagram page. That's at Disney's Animal Kingdom. Um, let's see what else. Uh, you know, like I said, we're going to be going down. I'm going to be going down um, the week after it opens. And the one thing I kind of want to add to um, Pandora and for those folks planning on going there uh, is I'm an annual pass holder and I am staying off property that week and it has been impossible near impossible to get fast passes for the avatar attractions during that week so I would really recommend that if it's something that you want get on it right away the morning that it you know the the, the, the minute it opens up in your 30-day window perhaps you'll get the river journey that's the only one I've been able to get the e-ticket flight um, simulator ride I have not been able to get so I guess my plan there is gonna be try to rope drop it and hope for the best um, that's really all I can do uh, but I'm going to do a report from there. I'll probably try to do it, uh, record it while I'm actually in Pandora. Um, and that'll be sometime kind of second week of June. You'll probably see that come around. Um, we we'll, hopefully we'll get another show in before then. I'm going to do my best to do so. Um, you know, a non-Avatar related show between now and then. So stay tuned for that. As long as you're subscribed on your various uh uh, podcast feeds or podcast uh, broadcasters, um, you know, you should be able to get any show that we have coming out. I invite you to also leave a review on iTunes and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it always helps to uh, get the word out on the show. So I guess that's it. Um, Safari Mike, I'm sure did a great job. I have not listened. I'm going to continue my cone of silence on Pandora until I get down there. Uh, so for Safari Mike, I'm Dave McBride. Quaharini, go well. Thank you for listening to Radio Harambe. Harambe.